From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Lulu Lin, an art duo from Houston, Texas. Um, we kind of got this impression that people, they're like visual arts. That's like the Museum of Fine Arts, right? I went there last summer. Um, after a while, we realized people have really like gotten out of touch with artists who are living and working right now. and. Um, Almost everything that we do right now is kind of in service of that. Lulu Fong and Amy Lin of the art duo Lulu Lin took their years-long partnership to a new level when they opened Honey Art Cafe in late 2016. Joe and Kevin sat down with Lulu Lin to discuss their beginnings in art and art lessons and their experiences building a business completely on their own. Here's Kevin followed by Lulu. When did y'all first start exploring art? You know, I had like a very typical tiger mom who wanted me to try out a lot of different things. So growing up, I did, you know, ballet, tap, jazz, piano, violin, art classes, (laughs) you know, five different types of sports, Wow. all sorts of things, right? And um, the thing that really stuck with me was art. I never felt really pressured to practice the same way that I did with um, with the other things that I was a part of. And it was more of a place to relax and have fun and uh, work intuitively. And so, and it was something that people were passionate about and, you know, mm-hmm. that just really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And Amy? Um... I never actually took art lessons outside of just like in school, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's just something that I was always like uh, doing on my own. Mm. Um, and then when we got into high school, we discovered anime conventions. Um, so in anime conventions, um, they always have like artist alleys, um, which at the time when everything was just getting started, um, just local artists who um, wanted to try to like sell their artwork. Um, and so me and my friends kind of got into that scene. And that's how she got her first taste of entrepreneurship. Ooh, <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. So me and my friends, there was like a group of five or six of us would split the cost of a booth or maybe two booths and like go to these conventions and everybody had their own stuff that they were selling. I mostly did prints and like artwork and whatnot. So it was just a lot of fun. And I guess they like sucked up all our free time so we didn't get into any trouble so that was nice <laughs> and amy and i actually met at an anime convention wow. whoa really? yeah huh. so we were tabling right next to each other and we almost never met for the whole convention our friends would just tell us about each other and they'd be like hey there's this girl sitting next to you who's going to rice university next year you guys should be friends <laughs> and we were like oh, it's such it's a big school. yeah they were like it's perfect but, you know, we were thinking, well, it's such a big school. I'm never going to see this person again. Like, I don't know why you're suggesting that we become best friends. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so we didn't really talk to each other for most of the convention. We were just like, oh, very politely, like, oh, hello. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. you're going to Rice, Maybe huh? It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll see you. Uh... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Non-committal. Hope she's not weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That did not turn out well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And you became roommates right away that, fr- that first semester? or No, no. So we actually didn't room together until after we left Bryce. So it was my fifth year of architecture and she had already graduated oh cool yeah but at rice we kept running into each other because we ended up both double majoring in art so she was a biochemistry major and i was an architecture double major so cool after college um i did private tutoring for a year but then after that i started the company doing art lessons um, so um, Lulu joined shortly thereafter, and so we had been um, running a business teaching uh, BYOB watercolor classes and private lessons and drawing classes. Um, wow! And so we were in a shopping, we were in a strip center on the second floor um, of the center that didn't really look like it had a second floor. <laughs> And to get upstairs, you had to go through this door that was right next to Brasserie 19's door. It was like right across from it. But you had to walk through their outdoor seating. So it wasn't super obvious how you could get upstairs. And they didn't allow any exterior signage. And so people had a very hard time figuring out how to get there. Yeah, Yeah, really. So it's a big uh, step up having uh, your own space there at... uh... Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, that was always our dream was to expand to a ground floor space where we could have exterior signage, you know, be like accessible to everybody whenever we needed it to be. There wouldn't be anybody else with a key to the door to like lock (laughs) it, you know, spontaneously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When did you start talking about this evolution of... uh... Honey Art Cafe. When did this idea first start to come together? During the year that we roomed together, that was when Amy had first started um, doing the art lessons. And it was just always super frantic, you know, putting together the calendar and um, running off to the classes, but also like responding to all the emails and phone calls and stuff. And, um, you know, I was like, what if I just like stepped in and helped you? And also, what if this was like a 10 times bigger operation than it is now? <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, I mean, sure. That, that, could, that could happen. Our like motto between the two of us or like the theme is always like, why do one thing when you can do five? And then the other person comes around and they're like, why do five things when you can do 50? And we're like... (laughs) And then our parents are like, this is why y'all are both single. (laughs) Thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) What what made you want to blend the cafe part with the art part? What gave you that idea? I, I kind of brought it up, you know, that the classes are usually only on the weekends and the idea was you know why couldn't we combine something else that would utilize the same space for a larger portion of the time because you know the percentage of the population that wants to take an art class very small but Mm -hmm. the percentage of the population that wants to go out and eat is everybody right right Mm -hmm. 
So that's how you're able to keep your doors open for a longer period of time and to also earn enough to get such a prime location. So that was the other ideal that we were striving for was there's no other art lessons place that has such a prime location on the corner of Shepherd and Richmond. I mean, right. in the heart of the city, the best spot ever. So the way to do it is to incorporate food service. Like that was to me a no brainer. And obviously I'm just such a foodie too, you know. <laughs> we kind of combine this idea of incorporating things that we wanted to eat and drink into, you know, a beautiful space that would inspire people to come and create art, whether we're teaching art lessons or if they're just, you know, if they bring their own supplies or they don't have supplies and they want to rent our DIY watercolor kit. Um, you know, it's just a place where people can come and create and share their passion for art. Was there kind of a point where you started to feel like taking the next big step from idea into true conception? Well, we always knew that we wanted to be self-funded and starting off the art lessons place, um, that was like a pretty low cost um, business, but to build out a a larger commercial space and have it be food service, Mm -hmm. you know, no less. Um, that was a pretty big undertaking. Um, so we just made a plan to, you know, save up what we thought would be like an estimated amount of, um, how much it would take to build out the space. I had had you know, a handful of years of experience doing architecture and also a year working at uh, at a general contractor's office. So I was like, yeah, we can do this. Like, I can cost estimate. Sure. <laughs> um, and so I think we were, we were doing the art lessons for like two or three years before we started looking for a space. They like got progressively better. Each space <laughs> that we tried to go after... Um, they would turn us down and then we'd be like, oh, fine. So we'd like, go on and find the next space. And then it was like, oh, good thing we didn't take that other one. This was better. <laughs> and then that like, repeated itself a few times. Wow. Yeah, wow. but I did almost full architecture drawings for every yeah. lease space for two years. Oh, my gosh. So there was at oh. least, I would say at least huh. like four spaces yeah. that we seriously five. looked at. Four or wow. five that I just drew up plans, interior elevations, you know. Jeez. A lot of practice, a lot of practice. Yeah, a lot of practice trying to figure out um, what we needed and how we were to lay things out. And But everything was very theoretical because, you know, until you actually use a space, you don't actually know how you need to lay out a kitchen. What was the construction process like for Honey Cafe as well? Was it... Um... One person watched the YouTube video on how to plaster a wall and the other one would do it. There was a lot of YouTubing going on. <laughs> I consider myself a YouTube mechanic, a YouTube supervisor, a YouTube subcontractor. University of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we did our own tiling. We put up our own acoustic ceiling tiles. We uh, did, I would say, at least 60%, if not more, of our own tape and floating for the sheetrock. Wow. Um, obviously, our own painting. Um, we we plastered. We did all of our own demo. Yeah, we did our Except own demo. The ceiling. Didn't yeah, the we ceiling. did over fifteen hundred square feet of tile demoing. Jeez. Oh, 
That just sounds painful. It's yeah. brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. And oh, another thing that was super crazy that we did is I think overnight we decided that um, we had to dig up all of our floors to put new plumbing lines in, right? Um, yeah. And so our plumbers did the demo for the floor, but then what wasn't in their contract was they were just going to take all that rubble and like put it back on there, right? And we were like, well, but that includes all the broken concrete. All the broken you know, concrete. Like six inches of broken concrete that they're yeah. going to throw on top. Yeah, and we were like, you can't do that. We, you have to put it in sand. And they were like, well, that's not, that wasn't in our estimate, you know, you guys do it. And so we were like, fine, we'll just do it. And so we called up a nearby sand company, got them to dump, you know. Like, it was like a ton or maybe. Like it was an sand. entire parking lot space full of sand wow. in front of our cafe. And oh, we, wow. we and then it rained. And then it rained. Oh. So it was wet sand. So then we bought our own <laughs> wheelbarrow and shovels and we shoveled wet sand into the wheelbarrow and dumped it into the hole and filled up the entire space. The whole it entire was like, cafe. I wow. think, a uh, 40, 35 to 40 foot trench, maybe. Really? Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. I'm sure the landlord was also really happy about the giant pile of sand in the parking lot. We were like, it's just one parking space. It'll only be here for a day. We're going to get rid of it by the end of the night. And so we were just there like all day, all night, just really? shoveling sand. Yeah, we were there until at least like three or four in the morning. So what kind of classes do y'all have? Uh, is it mostly watercolor based or at, at Honey Art Cafe? So all of our painting classes are watercolor painting classes. Um, we have drawing classes that are just like pencil and paper drawing classes. And then we also recently started doing a lot of hand lettering classes. Cool. For the um idea behind like our approach to art lessons is um that like one we we're very technique focused um so like we're not really here to tell you how to be artistic what to draw we're here to tell you how to uh be able to execute what be you're able trying to execute to. Mm -hmm. um, anybody can learn how to draw right right whether or not you feel like you can be an artist that's up to you but like everybody can learn how to draw and then the other part of it is that we try to teach classes using materials that are fairly affordable mm -hmm. um, and also to teach people to do different things with fewer materials. So like our calligraphy classes, um, our intro to calligraphy classes use either Crayola markers, which anybody could get anywhere. Um, and you can, you know, take a very fairly cheap class and then go home with your $5 box of Crayola markers and practice and learn right. the skill. Right. You don't have to buy the $64 right, exactly. quill. Right, right. And then our like slightly more like extended class for calligraphy is uh, watercolor um, brushes, mm -hmm. which are also very cheap. And hey, you can also use them to create paintings if you don't want to letter. Right. right. Talked about how you teach art and how you teach it through technique. Has it evolved since when you first started teaching when you're just teaching small art lessons or the more that like we taught these classes and we um, also collaborated on a lot of artwork so we were traveling around to conventions to sell that stuff and we spoke to you know the the people who attended those conventions um, we kind of got this impression that like people um, in general have uh, a difficult time knowing how they're supposed to interact with the visual arts. Mm. They're like, 
visual arts. That's like the Museum of Fine Arts, right? I went there last summer. Um, <laughs> you know, like so for for a lot of people, they're like, if you ask somebody if they like music, they'll say, yeah, here's who I like. I like this artist. I like this genre. Um, I went to this concert, whatever. They have like lots of things to say about it. If you ask, you know, 100 people whether or not they like art, they'll be like, yeah, Van Gogh is pretty cool. And, <laughs> you know, like, so we're like, after a while, we realized people have really like gotten out of touch with um, artists who are living mm-hmm. and working right now. Mm-hmm. And um, all, almost everything that we do right now is kind of in service of that for artists to and upcoming artists and young kids who are interested in the arts to know that like it's a viable career path um, even if what you have to do is to create your own place and employ yourself um, which is not the only way to be a a living artist Um, and also to create more opportunities for people to interact with art Um, Right. If it's just meeting your friends for coffee at at Honey Art, or if it's coming in for a class or coming to one of our art shows that um, a lot of the local artists participate in, just like showing people like the scene is alive and well and it's not just a bunch of people, you know, displaying art in museums that are done by people who have passed away. You know, it's not a historical subject, it's an evolving and current subject. What's the biggest joy and the biggest challenge of what uh, of what y'all do? I think that one of the biggest joys of what we do is seeing people come in and, um, you know, maybe they didn't think that they could create art or they they were adamant that they were not in the mood to, but then they see they see the art around them and they see other people creating art and that opens them up to mm-hmm. doing so themselves and that's just it's amazing yeah how about, how about the biggest uh, challenge um yeah i mean that's probably the the food service aspect of it because you know like um we basically have this habit or at least I feel like I do this a lot of diving into something that is other people's uh, entire living. Like, you know, we're like, let's just start a restaurant. Yeah, well, people go to school for that. Um, (laughs) You know, they study for that. They train for that for years. And and then we're just like, let's just do it. Um, So, of course, it's like kind of trial by fire um, for a lot of things. And I think that we've figured it out. And also, like... Our, our restaurant is kind of a smaller scale than it's not like we were like let's start a Brazilian steakhouse with like 50 courses and like <laughs> you know so um, we do try to like throw ourselves into new things uh, fairly often and that usually comes with challenges and the the way that we try to like have a positive outcome is try to like control not uh, biting off more than we can chew I think it's really it's really awesome to hear the there's just a tremendous amount of perseverance that goes into a lot of the, the stories that y'all are sharing. And honestly, it's like, that's like so much of doing anything um, and jumping off the deep end of doing things that you don't know or of, you know what, we're going to have a, a truck dump a load of sand in the parking lot and we'll do that. And, you know, like opening a, a business or you know, going to school for how many years isn't going to teach you to 
have somebody drop that amount of sand off and do that for 12 <laughs> hours straight or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? I never took a class on uh, wheelbarrows of sand. Yeah, or like uh, a class on all-nighters or a class on... Well, actually, uh, all your classes are on all-nighters. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> or of how to get through that, you know? But there, there almost should be like a, a, a class like for, you know, um, of entrepreneurship or... Um, starting your own thing of you know perseverance or of you know what does right. it take I mean it's such a huge uh, insight from from the yeah. work that y'all do it's very impressive yeah it's been really fantastic yeah it's been awesome thanks for having yeah. us yeah, thank thanks you so for coming much. in today yeah amazing stories so cool thank you yeah for more on Lululin's work visit lululin.com And to learn more about the cafe, visit honeyartcafe.com. A special thanks goes out to our guests Lulu and Amy, to our interviewers extraordinaire Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to everyone out there listening to and enjoying Season 2 of Spork in the Road podcast. This episode was written, produced, edited, narrated, and music by Scott Barden. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects and Spork in the Road podcast, visit riversbarden.com.